Hello, and thank you for tuning into the show. A quick caveat before you dive in. This was recorded pre-COVID-19. The views, the ideas, the conversation that was shared, the perspectives were all done in a pre-pandemic world. So please listen to the show as there's some fantastic information and some great takeaways. Just know that it was recorded before the pandemic that has ultimately changed all of our lives. Thank you for listening. Keep learning, keep curious, and keep supporting our community. Hello and welcome to They Just Get It. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm, and I'm excited. I'm extra excited today, as I'm often accused of being. I'm sitting here with, probably we were talking earlier, one of my longest standing friends that I'm still friends with. Absolutely. Welcome, Mr. Andrew Albert. Thank you, Tyler. It's a pleasure to be here, man. How are you, my friend? I'm great. I'm great. I'm happy to see you. Uh, this is uh, this is good. It's always good to uh, hook up with old friends, man. And I, I mean, the audience doesn't know our story. We, we grew up we're, together. And, we're going to weave a little bit in. We're going to let them know. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. But we we uh, we met each other just after high school in in uh, Montreal. The, the 90, good years, man. Ninety ninety two. Yeah, I think I graduated ninety two. What I would have went to Abbott. I think my my student number was nine two four five four five nine, and nine two was when you started. That's always remember. That's only how I remember right. where I started. Yeah, so that makes. And I would have started in ninety three. So we, I think we met the summer in between. We did. Yeah, I think we had mutual, we had mutual friends, and then we. To let the fun ensue, actually. Yeah, exactly. Those were some good we summers. Had, yeah, we had similar interests. We did, we did, we did, we did, we did. You know, with Montreal, it was a simpler time. It yeah. was the summer of 92. The oh, weagle, yeah. the, the, the weagle. The, the weed wasn't legal yet, but... It wasn't, it wasn't the uh, weed, the weed. The weed. <laughs> so, Andrew, we've been friends for a long time, and uh, what, I was so excited to have you on, because again, like I always, the experience I get to have with so many people on the show is, I know them, but... Do I know the real story? So I'm excited today. We'll give the audience a little bit of a preface. You are a Canadian comic. I am. That is my full-time full time job. I think there's a lot of people out there that say that they're a comic as soon as they... It's one of those jobs where if you've done it once... You're a comic? Yeah, I do comedy too. People come up to me all the time and I'm like, well, did it pay your rent last month? You know, like... That's, yeah, it's... it's, it's there's, uh, I would say, uh, 95% of the people in the country that would call themselves comedians don't make a living at it. You know, they just... Interesting. It's a, it's a hobby or they, it's a little part-time thing where they get a little gig here, a little gig there. Yeah. But it takes a long time. It takes a long time to meet everybody and, and actually uh, grind it out and make a... How long you been doing it for? How many years? 22, I think. It was. I, I'm pretty sure it was uh, It was either 9... I think it might have been 97. I think it was. It could have been 97. I might have done six sets that year or something okay. like that. Well, because you and I kind of separated. We did college together. Then we always stayed in touch. But you went to Ryerson, I think, at that point. Did you not? Uh, no, I applied to Ryerson. Ah, okay. uh, I ended up going to Windsor, Ontario. Uh, okay, that's. I think that's when you and I kind of like our yeah. paths diverged at that point. Yeah, yeah. you might have came. Did you come west at that time? Uh, no, I didn't move west till two thousand. Okay, so no, I was. I did Abbott, and then I did. Um, I was flying. I did my commercial pilot's license. Right. So I was still in Montreal. I was working out at Movie Lage, doing that thing. Yeah. Still working on the farm with my dad until about until two thousand when I made the big move out to here. Yeah, and I would have took off in uh, ninety five. So that's when we were infrequently seeing each other. You yes, know what I mean? Yeah, like you'd when be I came home every Christmas once on the weekend. or the whatever, yeah, and right. if we happened to uh, it lined up and we. Had the stars, some, the stars, yeah, the stars aligned, and we got high together. Whatever the oh, story maybe was. I don't know. I, yeah, is that what happened? I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So, and it, if I remember correctly, this was like an opera. This was that school that this opportunity came up to do a comedy show. Was that? Am I remembering that correctly? My, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my roommate Dave Johnson. Uh, he was the door guy at Yuck Yucks. Okay, so, I do vaguely remember the story. And I, I mean, 
university living, man. I remember, uh, I remember, I was getting a check for seven. I had to live on seven hundred and fifty bucks a month, and uh, on Friday night, we would almost almost every week we'd go check out the comedians. And it just became, and it's something I always wanted to do, man. Really? I, I never knew that about you. Bro, I remember, I remember interrupting my brother, making out with his girlfriend. He was like three years older than me. And I'm talking like in grade six. This is, this is interesting. Like <laughs> back in like grade five, grade six, I would write little fucking jokes. And then I would, I would work them on my brother when he's trying to get something off his girl. You know what I mean? I'd yeah, be in the living awesome. room like, hey, do you think this is funny? The little pain in the ass brother, right? Is that right? your brother? My brother, Jean-Yves. Yes, yes, that's right, yes. And, uh, and I always wanted to do it, but how, when you're a kid, I'm from a town called Edmonston, New Brunswick. It's a little French town. Like, how the hell would I ever get into comedy? It's impossible. You know, like it, yep. it's it's just it's it's just not there. It's not, like not, and, it's not the same. And I always performed. I always wanted to do something. I remember, like in grade, like at the you know at the end of the year thing, they would always have like a little uh, the variety uh, show, or is right? That, like that a little variety called? show. You went to BHS, right? I went to BHS, but Sorry. I didn't do anything there. That was like I moved. I knew moved to Montreal in grade ten, but I'm talking this oh, this yeah, love yeah, for oh, attention. That's right. And you're in the small town, yeah. This love for attention started well before that, man. You know, like <laughs> I'm the youngest, and I think I it, I think it's just all because of the stars and how I lined up. Where I'm the only child of a conglomerate family of four half brothers two half sisters and three step brothers. You know, like it's a big, and I'm the baby. You know, okay. So, oh, so that kind of sets the roots of where this absolutely. Could come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I was always the best. <laughs> I was always so humbled. You've always been humble. That's what I love about absolutely. you. Absolutely. No, I was always the center of attention and the and the center of different families. Like the only connection through some of these, you know, my stepbrothers and my other brothers was me. Like there was interesting. Yeah, it was kind of a weird place. And they probably was, protected you, beat on you a little bit. There's yeah, probably yeah, there was there a whole was bunch a, going on. Yeah, yeah, there was a little column A, little column B. I'm sure older brothers think that's just kind of the way. And I, kind of I always did some sort of little song and dance. And I always say the the funniest thing is to see the kids. When they start to get children get like that sex sexualization in like let's say like grade six when you start yep. you know that twelve years old yeah I do little girls are getting boobies and boys <laughs> are have hard ons all the time and I remember the grade five finishing show you're gonna appreciate this because we saw <laughs> we saw the Beastie Boys together yes we did and you were so high you fell asleep I, I did I did. <laughs> so embarrassing I just busted you. I did I did I passed yeah. out of the Beastie Boys and, and then you woke up and it was a drum solo it like, was. <laughs> that was hilarious I blame you. I, I was overserved. <laughs> we were, we, we, yeah, we were overserved for certain. Because didn't you call me like that day? Go, hey, I got tickets to Beast Boy show. You want to go? I think it was. And you of... showed up at my apartment. We got high as balls. Yeah, and I went to the show, show, and that's, I, yeah, it's, it's kind of spotty after that. Yeah, it is very spotty. But anyway, I remember the uh, the grade five ending of the year. I did. This is this is something I've never admitted out loud on, especially something getting recorded. I uh, with my friend Christina McLean. My brother is actually dating her now. They both went through a divorce and it comes full circle here. But uh, so with Christina McLean, I did a song, little song and dance thing to wake me up before you go, go. That's awesome. What? Grade five? five. I, this is a side of you I didn't know. And then you know what grade six was? Beastie Boys, Paul Revere. Nice. Walking around the stage with shotguns and empty bo- bottles of beer. beer. And Tracy Murphy and Christina McLean, you know what they danced to? 
Samantha Fox, touch me. Oh, so touch dirty. <laughs> Soft, I want to feel your body. <laughs> Softcore porn. Oh, my Lord. The f- did you have Samantha Fox up in your locker? I knew a few buddies did, for sure. I didn't have the poster. No, I remember... Yeah. Uh, there was a few of that going around. Oh, I, yeah, I yeah. yeah. The, my, sure. my neighbor had she, one. Where was she? Sure. Australian or something? Why do I have that in my I mind? No. no I don't even know. Who knows? No or it whatever doesn't. happened to Samantha yeah, Fox? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but there was a lot yeah, of porn ish, you know was, what I mean? Very, yeah, porn ish. The, the, uh, the high riding jean shorts just, and the black yeah, tank top. Or yeah. just kind of covering the nipple sort of picture. Because when you're posters. that age, even, even the hint of a nipple oh, is yeah, gonna... delicious, right? <laughs> just delicious. Uh, I See, I didn't know that side of you. I didn't know you were a bit of. I'm not surprised because, you know, when you knew each when you and I met each other, both fairly large personalities. Yep. I remember so many nights, a couple nights, part, kitchen parties, you and I just bantering back and forth nonstop. Like literally. Two putting, offers, right? Two yeah, offers. Completely in a row. putting on a show for each other. Yep. Really, because we didn't really care if anyone else. No, we didn't. Remember, we used, remember that one night we did like it was like a rhyme off where we're rhyming back and forth. And I remember one night in a kitchen, you and I going at it. And it was like a kind of a smart comment, but it had to rhyme with what the guy said before, and it just and started. And you happening. ended up closing it out with, a, and and to and this to the, it will until, be done, until, or something. yeah, something about and something your dick will be red. And I said to the dog it will be fed. Yes, and you were like, to Dude, the dog yeah, it will you, be fed. You gave me the win. You gave me the win. <laughs> yeah, we had I haven't, some, I haven't thought of that, I haven't thought of that story for a long time. You're right, too. Alpha's seeing who could talk louder and like, absolutely. But there's, but that's where the mutual respect. Dude, we've really been friends ever since. Yeah. That's yeah, we should, should be So, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. I haven't thought of that story for even coming in here today. I'm like, oh, what are we going to talk about? That crazy time we did too much mushrooms and tried to drive to Annie's and St. Anne's and only got halfway there and then got lost. I was like, what story is going to come up with the things you do <laughs> we, when you're 17, We've 18? shared a lot of drugs. We did back in the back back. It, was, the, it was a simpler the, but yet more complicated Yeah, time. those college years were good years. Man. They were good. So you're off to school. You did the gig. You went up, you went up, is, is that, the, did you do like a, you started stripping halfway through your set or something or was that another story? That was another story. That was later. That was, that was, that later. was later, something I tried probably two years in. You know when you're, when you're just trying to find your voice and then you get a little bit of, uh, you get a little bit of heat and you had some good shows, then you just try to do anything to just throw a monkey wrench in the works and see what, see what happens. Know, just throw shit at the fan and see what happens. I remember I did that once, it didn't really work that well. <laughs> <laughs> so... How does this path? To, I'm, I'm assuming there was lots of false starts. Yeah, I'm going to do this. Maybe I won't. Or was it full on? Like once you got a taste for it, did you just fall in love with it? I fell in love with it. That's it. You know, like I, I, um, I did out of the gate. The thing was, I, I was successful out of the gate, which was probably the worst thing that could have happened for me. <laughs> well, it was, it was instant success. <laughs> like I did well right away. I actually, the first time I was on stage, it was. Um, it was a comedy competition in Windsor, Ontario, and I placed second out of fourteen people. And these everybody's been doing comedy under five years, type thing. Oh wow, okay. And that, that's so that was my taste. Like, holy shit, this is easy. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I got I'm, this. I'm good at this. Yeah, yeah. And then I mean, you you have a couple bombs along the way, you know. Uh, but I always did relatively well. Like I've never, I'm never too stressed. Um, it's going to sound uh, egotistical, but I don't think anybody could do this job without a pretty solid ego. Um, if you're fragile, this is probably not the This career. is not the world for you. And there is a lot of fucking fragile people in this business, a lot of mental um, people with mental health issues that probably shouldn't be here. They're kind of seeking the, the wrong kind of attention, possibly. Maybe it's not the most wonderful place. Well, being on the road for essentially 20 years, you must run into just all kinds of characters. Totally. Yeah, and, it, and a lot of great people. But also a lot of broken people. But the great people outweigh 
the, the so nuts. like any cross section of life, you're going to get a mixed bag. Yeah, there is a, certainly a mixed bag, and it's a weird, it's a weird profession. Who wants to stand out there? And everybody tells me that you know that must be hard. That must be. But I mean, after you do anything for 22 years, you you kind of got it, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I still have nights. I still have nights. You know, uh, man. Last week, bro, I was in I was in Ottawa, and this douchey douchebag. It was a corporate party where you're happening to them. They're not coming yeah, to a they comedy club. Totally. When I go to a comedy show, I'm a willing participant. You are going some, some organizer put you in front of this room full of people exactly. that are having their Christmas party. You, that's got to be. A tr- you've said before that's a tricky environment. It is a tricky environment, and I've, I so I did my fourth corporate for the Christmas season, and this is usually the hardest time of year. It's the best money, but it's also the hardest yeah. on your soul. Uh, it's just it's 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 soul numbing. You know what I mean? You get the people, oh, there's one table of Christians, so can we avoid any, you know, any do you religious... Still, do you still do God's plan? I haven't done God's plan in a while. No, I no, haven't. But... Uh, I, You know, it, it's it's always... Um, it's an interesting thing where the, the jokes just kind of... it's It feels like something that's been your crutch for so, you know, for two years or whatever. Your, your go-to joke. And then it runs its course. And as I told you, I uh, the audience wouldn't know this, but uh, it's on my brand new album. Uh, it's the last joke on my album, The Rub and Tug. And you would ask me, do you it, still do it, The Rub and Tug? It's one of my favorite stories. It's so a great story. I love them all, but yeah, we're going to blatantly plug the heck out of your albums on this episode. <laughs> like, it's, by now, you've realized that you should buy this album by now. <laughs> it's, the Rub and Tug story is a fantastic story. And the other night, I even tried to do it and I lost myself in my own you damn said story. That. I know that kind of and I, I found that really interesting when you shared that with me. I had to bail. I had to bail out of my own goddamn joke. I didn't remember <laughs> how it ended. You know, I, I well, remember hey, I'm just like the audience, most people know how a rub and tug story ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is how it ended. <laughs> but but with the the tags and the and the, the bringing it back to the audience and the like the, how I finished it. It was uh man, I was like I I just got lost in my own story That's and interesting. I yeah, I haven't. I had because I hadn't done it in about a year. You know, it was I was a weird. That was a weird one. I guess that was one of those uh, one of the bits that my girlfriend would always give the Marge Simpson. Mm. <laughs> no. I disapprove of this. Uh, I disapprove of this joke. Or you just still and and she I, wasn't your girlfriend at the time when the story happened. When it happened, no. No, uh, but the just thing, to be clear, yeah, no, you but, had uh, a sore neck. That, I that's did what have, happened. I did innocent. have another girlfriend at the time that yeah. I did call directly after the thing, and I'm like, "You're not going to believe just what happened." I guess I think, <laughs> and she wasn't also a fan. Either. She wasn't a huge fan of the fact that I just got a hand job, but she was also. I mean, she, she, just to be clear, it wasn't your idea. If I remember it was, the story. No, yeah. it wasn't you, my idea. You were a bit idea. of a victim. That was. I actually had a terrible knot in my neck. My hand was numb. It was. I was. I was on the road for a month, and I. It was just couches and planes and trains and all kinds of travel. The glamorous and, world of Canadian comedy. Yeah, people don't realize how many couches you do hit. You know, it sounds after at this point for me now, I I avoid them at all costs of course but it's still you still run into it where it's like ugh, you know you're catching a few hundred bucks on this night and you're out there and you're like if i bought a hotel room it's a a net zero or it would be net zero it wouldn't even make sense so so you do it, but it's 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 a journey. I was listening to, I watched. I don't know if you've ever seen it, I think it's this my next guest or something. It was David Letterman interview, interviewing uh, Tina Fey. Okay, and she this something they were talking about like bombing and everything. She said the comment. She goes, "The highs are never as high as the lows are low." 
and she talked about like really being at Second City and talking about it. And I, I just was randomly watching it because someone told me to watch it because it's a really good interview style. And she talked about like you really learn about yourself when you really bomb. Oh like, man! And you really define it. She, it just made me think about it, knowing that you were coming on. I was like, oh, I wonder. I want to just bring that around because I've seen you many times live, and it's in my opinion, you've always killed it, like every every time. But I'm assuming, like you said, there's been some bombs in there. These cr- well, yeah, you didn't finish the douche of the douche story. Yeah, so very rarely does that happen. Okay, uh, I very rarely bomb. Um, actually, I I mean, touch wood, I really can't think of a serious bomb that I've had in the last, you know, in many years yep. because I've got it now, you know, like I, I, yeah. I can still, it's still going to be good. Well, 22 years. Yeah. It's yeah. still going to be good even yeah. when it's, and then I'll come off and I'll be like, that was shit. <laughs> and then there's people coming up to shake my hand saying that was the best show I've ever seen. Are you like, hard on your, do you beat yourself up a little bit? I think we all do. Absolutely. Right? I think some some people are better at it than any, others. Anybody sure. that you know achieves a certain amount of success or or has the desire, uh, and people ask me, "Do you still get nervous?" It's like, yeah, because I care. Well, you know, it's, I fucking care. I had a coach once. She said, "You know, if you're speaking in front of an audience and you're not nervous, you should stop doing it because you're not taking it seriously. You're mailing it in. That's yeah. yeah. I, I was stuck with me. Yeah, because you because you care. You give so a shit. the other night in Ottawa, horrible setup where. It's this uh, little, uh, in Little Italy, I just love saying Little Italy, in Little Italy in uh, Ottawa, there was a, it was Pub Italia, it's called, and um, at the back of the bar, there was some Christmas party of an insurance uh, outfit, and, but there's six booths in the back, and the main table is right to my left, you know what I mean? So they got a front seat looking at me. They're just sitting at the main table. But then every half, then the other 50% of the audience is faced in the wrong direction. So it was just a horrible setup from the get-go, you know? The, the, the folks that were the worker bees on the kind of in, in the booth section uh, were having a great time. But I could see that the, you know, the powers that B table, the the, the big wigs, uh, there was one woman there that was a little drunky pants. Uh, we'll call her Karen. And this fucking Karen. Karen. She, uh, she was just uh, excited to throw the monkey wrench at the comedian, you know, and, and, and I, cause, and that was, she was going to have her power moment, was she? Yeah. And it's always, you know what? Uh, the worst hecklers are drunk women, man. It's, it is a constant. It, it, they are the worst human beings on the planet. Drunk women really? Oh, really? Are, are the worst. Drunk guys, I can I can cut a guy's balls off so fast and and I've seen verbally you do it. I've seen you do slap it. him, <laughs> and and then he settles down. He gets it. He gets, he it. gets it. He just got alpha. We're good now. Moving on. <laughs> hey, you try to do that to a lady, she's going to turn her back to you and then talk full volume at her friends like, I can't even believe we're here right now. This guy sucks. She's just going to start just being a horrible and human being. And there's nothing you can do about there's it. There's nothing you can do. Because with a guy, you can pull that cord real quick and just gut him in a noose. But with a woman... You got to let the audience hate her real bad before you pull that noose on her yes, or you're yeah. the bad guy. But after five minutes, you can pull the noose on Karen too, you know. Because now everyone is also sharing your sentiment about Karen. Oh, it, what, Karen. you just got to let everybody hate her and then you can do it. But so she's having. <laughs> oh, the she, dynamics of it up there on the stage. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting <laughs> place to be. And you're, and you're. I mean, it's you've done public speaking, so you know, like your mind is moving so fast. You're always yes. it's like pool. You're three shots ahead, and you're and you know what's coming up next. And it's a it's a weird, awesome place to be. It's a it's it. I never feel more alive than when I'm a, when I'm in the flow. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. you're in um, 
you're in you're just totally in the zone anyway this woman is she's just having her day you know what i mean she's she's being a bitch completely and um and then I meant, so I said, I was about 10 minutes in and then I was on some Trudeau blackface stuff that's working out pretty good right now. And then, uh, and I, I could feel that she wasn't digging it and she kept, I mean, speaking in the ear of the girl next to her and I'm like, okay, well, it's time to move on. And then I addressed that and I said, well, I'm going to move off politics because I don't think it's everybody's jam here. And she gave me a real sarcastic clappity clap but kind of lifted her hands up and i was like oh god here we go right and then uh halfway through the way this is enter douchebag is um i said uh yeah not the not the easiest setup you know sometimes sometimes my job feels like uh you know the best job in the world and like any other job man sometimes it feels like work and tonight's work you know because half the audience isn't even looking at me there's a lot of there's a lot of fucking Factor X is going on here, and this one dude that looked like an entitled piece of shit Trump son, <laughs> he says it wouldn't be hard if you were funny. Oh, and there was no lack of funny going on. You yeah. know what I mean? But he just a lot of guys just have that in their pocket, and they're thinking, "Oh, I'm just going to throw this out there and be the guy right now. I'm going to get my two seconds of yeah. of spotlight." You know. Anyway, that was, and, and when you say about the lows, so that's back to the Tina Fey thing, you know, I could have a great show like I did last night and it was fun. And I, you know, I went back to the room and then you wind down and you have a drink and man, Tyler, I still fucking hate that guy right now. <laughs> that was two weeks ago. Wow. And when I drove home, I tried to call, I tried to call about, cause I, I'm driving home, uh, midnight in the East coast. So I'm calling all my West coast comic friends, but of course everybody, it's a Saturday night. So everybody's on stage right now. And I'm just, I just needed an ear, man. You just needed to I get just, it off. I, a sympathetic ear that the, like, bro, how was your show tonight? Cause I got to tell you about mine. And I, I just, it, and it, it eats you. You know what I mean? Like somebody being so douchey to you, it just, yeah, it stuck with me, man. I'm, I, I think I'm almost too sensitive for this job, but it's actually my sensitivity is also quite important. You know, it's, it's, it's a, well, the same thing that allows you to connect is the same thing that, that gets you hurt. Absolutely. Just to put it right there. Yep. Absolutely. Cause if you don't put yourself out there and you don't connect, you're not going to have like that. That's where part of the high comes from. Absolutely. But when you open the door like that, douchebags sometimes walk through. Yep. Absolutely. And that's interesting. After 22 years, I appreciate the honesty of like, we're still humans. Yeah. And you're, oh, you're, you're professional. You should just rub it off. No, no people still think they can sense. heckle you and it's part of the thing. Yeah. And, they, and, and a lot so of times, and it's that asshole was the first guy to shake my hand after the show. And he looked me in the face and he was like, that was a fucking great job, bro. And he meant it. But he was also the douchebag that heckled me. It's the, the, the heckler is an interesting beast, man. They, um, yeah, it's it's. I don't know what it is. Uh, it it they're the they're the guy that wants to be there, man. Yeah, they're the guy that they that, want a piece of that, right? They want they want to reach up and grab a piece of that for themselves. Yeah, and they're the, they're the guy that their girlfriend is a little bit googly eyed right now. Yeah. <laughs> that that shit goes uh, down back too. Back to the alpha comment you made earlier. Right. There's so many layers of that. It's very real. Yeah, it is it, interesting. As I was driving uh, from Rocky Mountain House towards uh, towards. Um, Red Deer today, a car passed me. And obviously the the girl, as she was passing, I looked to my side and I saw her in the the passenger window and all of a sudden her face lit up and she started waving at me because I was like, oh, obviously she was at the show last night. (laughs) Fans, fans. fans That's awesome. Driving by on the highway. Please, please, photos. I mean, no photos. I mean, photos, photos. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah. So, man, the highs and the highs and the lows and the lows. Absolutely. The lows really are uh, – there's because there's a lot of disappointment. You know, there's a lot of promises. There's a lot of, you know, um, there's a lot of things that you feel that you should have. You know, like I, I got just for laughs. I got just for laughs the first year I was doing comedy. I was not ready for just for laughs. I got contacted by CBS, man. CBS. Your first year doing comedy. My first damn year. And they were like, we want to congratulate you. Can you send us your press package and i'm like yes of course i didn't have a i didn't have a headshot man. <laughs> I was six months in i wasn't ready for that shit wow that came quick so what did you did what happened there did you because did, did you do, i got did, nothing yeah okay i got nothing because i had nothing yeah yeah i wasn't ready wow. was, yeah, too soon. you know what i mean it was way too much too soon and did that hurt you did you miss a window there oh i definitely missed yeah, a window. yeah yeah okay. yeah i missed a window huge i shouldn't have got the festival right away i wish i would have got it at year five right right because then, um, then I ended up uh, doing it the next year, and I haven't got it since. It's twenty years. Wow, twenty years. Is that is that a checkbox? Is that a level of of Canadian com- comedy? Or I guess that's global. Just for laughs, isn't it? It's a Canadian. It's it's based in Montreal, but it's a, that's a glo- that's a global draw. It's a big one. It's the biggest one. Okay. And I did number two this year. That was my feather in the cap. But I've been reading an interesting uh, book that that mentions when people are driven to do something. Listen, man, after you accomplish it, right? something else. You know what I mean? It's uh, not totally. yeah, yeah. big deal, right? I did it. So I always have well, on the my... anticipation and the, and the fantasy of the thing that we create in our mind very rarely, or there's a hangover from it. There's a letdown. Yeah. Oh, fuck, what do I do now? Well, dude, it's, it's your graduation. It's prom. Yeah, 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 totally. It's prom night. Yeah. It's supposed to be the best night of your life. And then I was like, well, that was okay. I feel I may have been oversold. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Right, you know, you have so much anticipation, and so this year, I ended up uh, the the thing that I was proud of this year was I did uh, two televised galas for um, the Halifax Comedy Festival. Okay, so those were the two big shows. So I was get I was put on the same uh, bill and doing the same shows as like Alonzo Borden. Um, who else was on that? There was some. Uh, Angelo Zarukis. There was like some really big names, big, big LA names. Yeah, yeah. Those are. I was gonna say those are. Those aren't Canadian. No, well, guys. Angelo is, is Canadian, but a Montreal guy actually. I'm, okay. I, but he's been in LA for years and years. Uh, he's okay, he's okay, good okay, friends right. with uh, Russell Peters. Okay. And uh, I was on the. So I'm on that platform with some really big heavies, man. And I was like, finally, like this is great, you know. And and it was a last minute thing, you know. I I send in a tape last minute. And because uh, I asked them if they wanted to, if they would come down to the club, and she said, "Well, just tape your set and send it to me." I kind of thought that was a little bit of lip service. I was like, yeah, "Okay, yeah. well, just yeah, just send it yeah, in. We'll yeah, take a we look can't for make sure. it down. I'm you're, I'm going to be in Halifax, but I I did it. I I said, you know what? I edited ten minutes, and I did I did the first ten minutes of my my set. Uh, I just did the clean and what I wanted to present to them, and it's it served me well too because I've sent I've I've sent that tape to all kinds of people. You know what I mean? It's good to have some uh, relatively clean. Uh, yeah, you got something. The, the content's can, yeah. not the, the the content, of course, is still adult content, but there's just no f f sharps or there's no you know right. what I mean? Like because uh, if you're going to be televised, that you've got to look at it a little bit differently. That's exactly yeah, how you got to look at it, 100. percent So for you, I've been to some of your shows. It's definitely adult content yep do you lean a certain direction is there like i guess thinking about it as a, this journey of canadian comedy do you have to be really flexible and being able to tone your content to be get more ma- I, I don't know is there a mainstream versus just the the comedy show stage on a saturday night in calgary well i guess there there's a mainstream in the regards of 
corporate. Uh, okay. When you're doing, because those are the money gigs, you know. When you're when you're talking, and I I got some good friends that make some very good dollars doing this for a living, you know. And I, I'm I'm a, I'm I'm in a blue collar zone right now. Okay. But the next the next level is huge. You know what I mean? It's an all or nothing kind of business. I was right? going to say, is there a big is there a big tranche in the middle and like l- l- way less spaces at the top? Like well, that's lo- exactly, like a lot of the entertainment business. I think like that's that? exactly what it is. Like okay. I said, I think I'm I'm probably. At, at this, at the, if I had to put numbers to it and try to guess, I, I would probably be, let's say, uh, at the uh, 97th percentile of, of, of comics in the country with, with earnings, with a guy that doesn't have a day job, yep. I'm able. This or, is your thing. You, this you is get, my you thing, get a gig. That's why you're in Alberta right now. You're here to do some gigs, right? Yeah, I just hustle, bro. I just, it, it's, it's always a hustle. It's always just a, and if I'm coming West, it's not, I'm not making the money where it's a, it's a $5,000 show. So I fly in and out. No, it's uh it's a little more modest than that. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, I'm making good money. I'm making, cause you know, I feel, I feel for people that, that have to work for a living man. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I tasted a little bit of that recently where I went back in the film industry and did a, did a, I was able to pick up a little side gig just so I could hustle and, and pay out a car that I just, I, I needed a new vehicle. So that's what I did. I, I hustled, yep. but man, at the end of working those, you know, 14 hour shifts, two or three in a row, I was dead, man. And then, and then Friday, Saturday, I'm still on the road somewhere. I'm yeah, driving right. to Toronto. I'm driving to the Niagara Falls. I'm in the, I, man, one, one weekend in uh, rather one, one month, I think it was September. I went new Br- from Montreal. I went to new Brunswick the following weekend. I went to London the following weekend. I went back to new Brunswick and the following weekend I went to Niagara Falls. We're talking like nine hour road trips yeah too far to in fly, one direction but almost too long to drive yeah it's way too long to drive yeah, yeah you know what i mean yeah, it's yeah. but it, it but when the money doesn't when it doesn't, doesn't add up sense. it doesn't add up and you just hustle and i always book myself man i always book myself and i always take the gig i'm not gonna take the gig if you know we were talking about net zero earlier of course the mics yeah, were turned yeah, on yeah, yeah. of course i i'm i gotta make a living here but but if i'm gonna make a paycheck that's like you know, it gets down to the, in the zone of a regular schlub that's like working his 40 hours a week at a, you know, at a a factory or whatever. I'm still taking the gig, man. And because I always, I always want to be working and I always want to be sharp because you never know when the best, the the next one comes in, you know, and, and you take a week off, you take a week off and you come back and I just, I'm so nervous getting on stage. I just feel like I can't even, even after 20 years, you got like, like anything, it's a user or lose it. You you got to, yeah, you got to do it all the time. You got to hit those open mics. And, and, and I, I find that uh, in the last year, I probably haven't been doing quite enough of that. I'm really looking forward to this week in Calgary. I got a show tonight. I got a show. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, uh, then there's Wednesday, Thursday. I got shows, and then I'm back in the back in Edmonton for uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I come back to Calgary. I have a corporate here in Calgary, and then uh, there's some question marks for the week after that. And it's nice. all lined okay. right up. Nice, yeah, ten days, eleven. So, you're uh, hustling though, all the time. All the time. You said earlier you were at 48 weekends out of 52 last year. 48 weekends I was booked. And how many of them were in your hometown? Buddy. Not that many. Not that many. Because you live in Montreal now. I'm I don't in know Montreal. If, I don't and, and, and Montreal has got nothing for uh, English comedians. Really? I'm talking, yeah, there's stuff. Makes sense. But There's stuff, but I'm not into uh, making uh, 200 bucks a show. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like, sure, no, I gotta, we got to live here. 
You know, yeah. I gotta, I gotta, so I'm traveling, man. I remember it pissed me off years ago. Somebody, there's a comedian I know in Montreal and he's, he's since moved to LA and he's doing quite well for himself and I'm very happy for him. But, uh, the entertainment reporter, Bill Brownstein, I don't know if you remember that name from the Gazette. He still, Maybe from still the, writes, from the, from the still Gazette. writes from the, yeah. for the Gazette. Brownstein wrote this big article on him and the whole thing was, uh, you know, a Canadian comedian can't make it in Montreal. I'm like, you can't make it in whatever city you are in. If you were a, bu- a blues musician, you are traveling. You don't. You don't just live in Chicago. I guess I, you could probably be the house band of whatever, but you're right. not yeah, doing yeah, that sure. great. Yeah, you yeah. know, so that didn't set the right. Yeah. No, you got to. Everybody got to travel, man. Everybody's got to move, and everybody's got to hustle. So that's what it's all about. It's all about just managing the managing the the travel and and that's what the blues the old blues boys always said they always said i don't get paid to play the blues i get paid to get there and that <laughs> never is, heard that never that heard is a hundred percent my reality man as i was driving on an icy road coming coming to calgary today from with my rental car with freaking all season tires out here now, don't you, you have know? to pay a few extra dollars for the winter tires? it was 18 bucks more <laughs> and that's just eating into my bottom line i was 100 and i'm like oh, i'm taking you gotta the manage your because you're running you're running your own business it's that's it yeah, any absolutely. any dollar any dollar spent is the dollar that i don't have for rent so that's what yeah, it is yeah, man. no doubt and it, it, financially i know like you said blue collar like is it a grind financially like i'm is this hard to is it hard to save is it hard I'm, to like what's your yeah how does that well, what's that reality look like for you you know, I, I'm, I'm doing fine, Tyler. Like I, 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 just, I explained, uh, we were talking about it earlier. I just, I just got a used car and I, I paid it out. It's already paid out. You know what I mean? So I'm doing okay. Um, but it's not like I have uh, monstrous savings, but I, I don't think that's necessarily, um, who I am. Um, I, I've never worried about money. It always just flows to me when I need it. And it is, it is what it is. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to be a millionaire. So I'm not, I guess. Okay. Is maybe how it goes. I don't know. I don't have that drive, but at the same time, of course, we all enjoy money. We enjoy nice things. I eat well. I love uh, good wine. Well, you're also a sommelier. We haven't, um, we haven't brought that in two times over. I think you said earlier. I have two designations as a psalm. So while I was, while I was, you know, kind of learning my chops and getting good at stand up. It took me 10 years to become a headliner and, and you're not making any real money until then. You're, you're lucky to get a road gig to pay you a hundred bucks when you're an opener. You know, I mean, out here it does a little better than that, but I mean, just in general, the, the it's, it's a grind man. Yeah. and you're not, and it's, it's like the morning radio guy compared to the, to, compared to the dude that does the afternoon. You know, right. the guy in the morning is making 200 grand yeah. and the guy in the afternoon is making 50 grand. Paying his dues, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's always, it's, there's a So big... many industries like that, it's so easy to look at those glamour spots, go, wow, that must be awesome. But nobody looks at all the levels in between. And how long it takes you to get there. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, there was a, people asking me last night, there was a woman asking me last night and of course she was like, oh, I'm really funny and I, I want to do this and I, and, and, and I just gave her good advice. I just said, you, you just have to get out of your own way and do it is, is is what it is. I like anything, like anything in this life. And, and she lives in Edmonton, which is probably one of the best towns right now in Canada for, uh, for an up and coming community. Really? Why is that? That's interesting. I would never even, I never Edmonton, would have guessed that in a million years. Yeah. Edmonton has a kick-ass art scene. It does. Oh, right on. And there's a good music scene there. I did not know that. And there are a ton of open mics and there are not, well, there's a lot of comedians, but I mean, if you're, 
if, if you're any good, there's opportunity. There's opportunity to get out every night. And that's, that's what you need. Get out there and do it. Practice. Get out there and just freaking do it, man. It hit me the other day. I was listening to Rogan. I don't know what episode or what, who he was talking to somebody, but he talked about just like hustling. He's like, man, I still out there. I still do open mics. I still get out there. I'm out there five, six nights a week. Cause well, if, if you don't stay sharp, you're not going to like, it, and I was, you think, oh, he's arrived, but no, it's the people that have made it as the people that put in the time and they're not scared to do the work. Yeah. You can't, you can't work out a new joke on a crowd that's paying you 2000 bucks to be there. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, absolutely. No, no I never thought that's of it what that open way. mics yeah, are for, yeah, man. Yeah. It's like sparring. It's like that would be that would be a heavyweight fighter that didn't use the speed bag anymore. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm. I got it. I'm good. I'm gonna yeah, stop doing that. I'm good. I'll do. You know, I'll just bring out the heavy bag twice a week, and uh, and I'm good. And then let's let's book a let's book a title match. Well, yeah, it's not gonna go very well. Don't get your head taken off. Yeah, it's such a good example, though. I think we look at it from the outside and we oversimplify or we glamorize like, oh, they don't have to work at that anymore. They've got it. Well, it's because they continue to work at it is why they're good at it. That is why they got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, yeah, what gets you there. Like, oh, I'm in shape now. I'm going to stop working out. Well, we know which way that's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not going to work. I'm not going to go to the gym anymore because I made it. Yeah. <laughs> it's three months later. What happened to that fitness routine? Oh, geez, I guess I, guess I didn't. Yeah. I guess and I got to go back. <laughs> that's what makes it look effortless. That's the key. Is yes. making it look effortless is the key. So people think it comes easy to you. But... You don't know how many hours and how many shows I did for free in 22 years. It doesn't even make sense. Just, yeah, to get the practice, to get your time in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's so good yeah, to unpack. Your, your, your 10,000 hours. I was just going to say the good old 10,000 10, hours. Thanks, Malcolm Gladwell has put that into our society as a mainstay of conversation. Yeah. Something we chatted a little bit before we got the mics up and something I knew about you, but I guess we've never really sat down. It's just two guys and chatted about it. Your dad passed away at a very young age. Yep. 44, 44. And you're, and you're now past 44. Yeah. It was a hard year last year, man. I just turned 45 and, uh, the lead up, I think it was after 40, uh, it started to get tough. Um, just the dreaded birthdays. Cause I, I grew up as a child, um, just believing that 44 was it, man. Like that's, uh, yeah, yeah. that's your expiration. So that's, that's, well, when you, I can't even imagine how, how old were you when your dad passed away? I was uh, not even two years old. Okay. I was eight, 18 months. So, so very, really, no recollection. Really, okay. No, yeah. no, no, uh, no recollection. Just, uh, just a bit of a void maybe, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Growing up. Yeah, I can imagine. Cause that's going to, that's going to, um, well, that's going to affect your subconscious. And, of course, it's all part of your belief structure. It's like, yeah. And and that's going to be, and we know that our subconscious is is the, the core, and our conscious is like our conscious self is like so little, it has so little control over what we do. It's it's all that deep rooted shit that that drives the conscious, right? So, I think my dad dying. Uh, when I was young, even when I went to university, I was trying to get in a radio. I just wanted to do something that was going to be fun until I was 44. And uh, I, I've never, I mean, I have a little bit of an RRSP type thing, but I've yeah. never really strived to save for retirement because I don't think and kind of still don't really necessarily believe that I'm going to make it. But after I passed well, now that I'm 45, so you, you woke up the next morning, and went well. Okay, okay I gotta take yeah. my life seriously now. <laughs> Fuck, what have I done? What have I done? This son is, of a. I need a yeah. I need a job with a pension. What have I done? That's it. 
the things that define us that we don't even realize. Like we yeah. realize it, but then that that moment of reflection when you went, "Oh, okay." Hmm, yeah, right. and that it yeah. was it was the it was reflecting on that, and that made me realize that's why I wanted to be a brat my whole life because I didn't think I was going to be here long. Might as well just go out having fun. And I remember growing up. I mean, as far as influences, when that's concerned, uh, as comedy uh, would have been uh, Cheech and Chong. The first uh, Up in Smoke album because I had older brothers. So that album was in the house. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Then um, Eddie Murphy, uh, Ron Delirious was the funniest goddamn thing. Remember when your buddies slipped you the cassette that they'd recorded from somewhere, from somebody and just said (laughs) raw on it or delirious on it? And then you proceeded to put in your Sony Walkman and literally pee your pants laughing. (laughs) So funny. So funny, and, and, and if you haven't, if if anyone's listening, and haven't heard those albums, and you, and you're not too weak of constitution, uh, and not easily offended, go take a because listen. because it wouldn't fly today. Yeah, no, That's it said, wouldn't in that no, way. But to go use, back and you no, know, you can't use those words. No, you can't. Yeah, you can't. But remember if you that, look at it the, for the time the that it about, was in, uh, the bit about remember when we were kids in the '80s, the word the f word faggot uh, t- that was t- used so liberally. It wasn't even, like, it was just that was thing. My, it was my, just a way of speaking. It, my, that was my nickname on the basketball court because I was <laughs> the youngest and my bully was always playing, this guy Kevin Murphy, and he was, I was faggot, this faggot, always, I was always, I was the faggot. That was me, you know? Yeah, you say that today in any other context than where you're using it right now, which is even risky these days, oh, yeah, you're going to be crucified. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that bit that Eddie Murphy did when uh, he was talking about uh, uh, gay uh, San Francisco, and it was like, uh, yes. and there's a faggot on the roof going, woo, <laughs> like you could not. Oh, my God, you would be finished. Different, different world. Like, uh, what's his nuts? Don Cherry says, you people and everybody has their... Yes, you're absolutely right. Their, uh, you were so upset. I, I think we're running into a society right now, though, that we are so connected uh, it's a wonderful thing. It, it's wonderful that we're so connected, but we're also getting way too easily offended. We're, I'm offended that you're offended. <laughs> absolutely. All the time. How has that been? Like, as 22 years of comedy, I, was, I think it was John Cleese was talking about where he doesn't do schools, he doesn't do large corporations, he doesn't do anywhere because the environment is so easily offended and he's like you can't really play comedy properly because somewhere you're on the edge he had a whole talk about it i'm not i'm not i'm not doing it justice at all but he talked about the fact that comedy actually lives right on that edge of pushing someone out or to something that they haven't didn't want to dare think about and if you're not willing to almost offend somebody then are you really getting into the depths of comedy and it was an interesting little little uh, 20 minute conversation so even in the last 22 years have you seen it have you've had to make some shifts and pull some words out of your dialogue or do you kind of go for it or well obviously you know, uh, <laughs> there are certain things that I, I'm a little more sensitive to now. You know, uh, obviously, uh, you know, you can't 20, 22 years ago, I probably, if somebody would have been unruly heckler, I probably could have dropped the F bomb on him. Yeah. Hey, why don't you get out of here? Fag? You know what I mean? Like, oh, you did that today. The audience you, would turn on you so fast, make your head spin. It, yeah, it would. It, it, of course, you can't say anything like that. Yeah. But also, just the misogynistic speak that we have, yes. bitch. Yeah. Try to avoid. You know what I mean? Like the yes. things like that. That would that misogyny would is a really interesting topic, and how that's at a root of so much of that. Even when you're quote unquote doing it innocently, it's still perpetuating that 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 tone or that sentiment. And we're set, I think we're sensitive to it for the right reasons, but at the same time, we're it's just going way too far. The pendulum like said, has the yes, pendulum has. has swung, and it feels like it needs it needs to come back somewhat, and I believe it will. Uh, yes, I think everything goes through cycles. I think. 
uh, it's hard. It's hard to say for sure. But uh, yeah, it seems with the uh, and and opened up. We needed the Me Too movement, man. We need it. And I hey, need it. Things change because they needed to. Yeah, 100%. But I don't understand how kids get laid today. Right? <laughs> how can you, right? How can it's you? Ri- it's, a risky, you it's a risky bit of business. If you can't tell somebody what a great ass they have, like where, right? Where does it go? You might have to, yeah, you might have to like level up your, uh, your approach. Yeah, it, you definitely you definitely would. Uh, it's a different, uh, different it's ball, a ri- it's ball a ri- game. It's a risky. It's a riskier world today. It is a very risky spot. Uh, <laughs> place as, to be. But as it's a comedian, also, though, you're right in the eye of the storm sometimes. But also, I think today, with the far as far as dating is concerned, with the online stuff, man, you could be in the. But you you can compartmentalize yourself into the zone, and you're on Tinder, and everybody's looking for the same fuck that afternoon, and that's <laughs> that's what they're after. Yeah. So at least you can do that. You can weed out everybody that you know you you potentially would offend and you just want somebody that wants a thumb in her ass you know what i mean like then you're there's gonna al- find there's always that you're gonna find her it's karen yeah, it's always karen always karen. oh karen poopy bottom <laughs> so we were we we're gonna throw a parental advisory on this episode for sure we there's a few f-bombs get dropped on the show but i think we're opening up some new territory today yeah I, I had you on eyes wide open, and I was lo- I was looking forward to where this conversation might end up. Yeah, right on. So, what's the journey? Twenty two years. You, you've 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 quote unquote paid your dues, and I say that a bit tongue in cheek because you're always you're always paying, and it's always returning. Where where is it headed? Where where is the road of comedy taking it for you? That's a great question, man. Because I I'm realizing now that uh, I've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I oh, didn't make okay. a mistake. <laughs> I'm joking. But no, what I am... You can re- even hold that. I can see you smiling before I even finish <laughs> no, the I, sentence. <laughs> I, am, I am so in love with what I do. And I am... It's going to sound corny, but I'm... I'm literally impressed with myself sometimes. Ah, that's interesting. You know what statement. I mean? Like, oh, I, 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 I actually love what I do so much that I, 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 I'm impressed that people pay me good money to come out and stand there for an hour and entertain them. It's, it, you know, and when, when it, when it goes well, it's, it's the best, uh, it's the best thing, you know, but what I, what I didn't realize, I really thought that I could just do this and, and be the best stand-up comic and you know of course everything will flow the 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 riches uh, will will come and and it's still a hustle man you know what i mean like well, I'm, i've heard like that I word said, multiple times today it's real it's a it is real and it's it's a blue collar living that i've carved out right now okay and so the next... When you say blue collar, I want to touch on that. Is that like from a revenue perspective? Well, I'm just from... talking revenue. Yeah, because yeah, that, talking... that can be even on itself. Right. Yeah, okay. You're you talking know, I'm, money. I'm, yeah, I'm making in between... You're, you're quote unquote working for a living. It's not yeah. coming easy. You're... Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like, that's an easy term to throw around, but just from like what it means from your perspective. Yeah, I, I'm just... Yeah, I'm meaning, I'm meaning financially and I'm guessing it's it's in between the, let's say, the 40 to 80. Because in so, Alberta, you know. to be clear, a blue collar job could be a hundred twenty to $200,000 a year. You're absolutely right. That's why I'm curious. Blue collar New Brunswick, bro. Okay. <laughs> all right, cool. All right. Yeah, this is, we had a national audience here. So not we need, blue we collar to, PEI. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, not blue collar. Like we're not talking. You know, things are a little bit different in Alberta right now. But uh, yeah, this, yeah you, uh, I know you've done some gigs up north. You've seen the trucks. You've seen the you know the truck nuts. You know, yeah. Anyways, oh, these guys that. aren't making fifty. These guys aren't making fifty grand a year. Oh no, they're not when they're driving a hundred twenty thousand dollar pickup. They got yeah, jacked F three fifty with a just sixty thousand in mods. I can't <laughs> and that imagine big six inch hey? diesel pipe that comes that out the side. <laughs> great idea where you got that hundred. $120,000 truck right off the factory floor line and and he never thought that 
tap of money would ever turn off. Imagine oh. the payments on that shit, and oh. then all of a sudden, yeah. whoops, there's a little downturn in the economy, and and you're out of work for eight months. Wow. No, that's real. That's why. Well, that that's is, not, that's of no. That's that's no laughing matter in Alberta right now. Absolutely, man. But you I, you also made the comment that coming out west is still quote unquote it still pays better. It still pays better still, for me. Yeah, okay. yeah definitely. Yeah, it's and, interesting I, and, I, and I have a I have so a lot we're of, using the the price the, the what a com- comedian will get as a as an economic indicator. We're still good. <laughs> yeah. No. No. You're you're still you're still good and interesting. This. Um, these last two shows that I did here in Alberta, they were both uh, in from oil and gas. I hadn't done an oil and gas gig in six years, man. Really? I, I'm sure there was still some happening. Because I know when you were, you know, living it, like we, uh, you were my roommate for a while, so right. we spent some time. Many, I still my favorite nights. You'd call me. It's like a Tuesday. You'd call me around four. You'd be like, "Hey, I got some wine." I got, I got some wine. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make some dinner. Do you, do you, want, do you want some dinner? I'm like, oh, man. do do I want some dinner? And I'd show up at home to this amazing aioli and then, fr- and then sweet potato fries and this amazing wine that you got when you're working at Willow Park. Those are some sweet days. And Those then are sit, good days. And we'd sit around yeah. the table and reminisce, and you'd, we'd, we'd joke, and then I'd hear the material on the sh- on stage that weekend. It was a good time, and I, yeah. I loved it. Sorry, I went a little. I went a little sentimental there. <laughs> but so we were talking about the. the the blue collar. Where the hell were we going with that? I wanted to. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Sorry, I cut you off at the blue collar. No, so let's so, let's get some no, comments here. It's okay. I just um, you, you said you made a mistake. Then that was no, that was not the case. Oh right. So yeah, no. Oh, I just where, feel where, like where we I, headed. Where we headed. I have to possibly. I have to. It, it's it's getting about to now where I probably have to reinvent. Oh, um, maybe what I'm doing. Uh, I think it's time for me to get out of my own way. I'm funny enough, and I have to believe in myself to get on uh, possibly a writing crew for some some TV projects. Oh, okay, that's that's where I should be. Um, that's where I got to start moving some eggs over. I do believe. Okay, um, is that what's that scene look like in in the Canadian market? Do you, can you stay in Canada and be yes. successful? In that? Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. No, you could. You because could because you you have an American passport, do you not? I do have an American. So you passport. got a pretty. You got some open. You know, no, I, yes, no. I do, but at the same in the same breath, if I go down to the states, it's one of those things where yes, I could get out of my own way, but if I do that, I you are almost starting over. I'm certainly not starting over. No, as but far I hear as, you. I hear as you. far as a talent, it, you know, it, my level of talent, I'm not starting over. Right. But fostering all those relationships with the clubs and Who the are agents. You? You're nobody. And the, I don't know I'm you. nobody, You're man. Nobody. And just another friggin' Canadian guy. And I'm, I am, um, I'm horrible at the uh, self promotion uh, social media. So clubs down there, if you don't have your your Facebook maxed out at your five thousand plus twenty thousand friends on Instagram, yeah, they don't even consider you to put on on their stage. That's part of the immediate. That's where it is process. right now. So you're getting there's in, you're getting these instant. Um, successful comedians that it's not instant but a lot of times they'll come from a a social media background and then get into comedy and and actually start there yeah they start on Uh, that side making funny videos 22 years ago not even close man Uh, you had to do your 10 years and and then become a headliner and then keep chugging down the road which i do love what i do so i i i'm always going to do this I'm I'm always going to do this, but I, I'm I'm feeling like it's time to start checking out some options, man. You said a couple of times, I think you said it a few times on here, and it's, it's something that I resonate with. But it, when you say "get out of my own way," how how, do, how are you getting in your way? A fear, you know. I think uh, that self doubt. That I think that's 
I, the why don't we try everything that we come up with? Why don't we live? Why don't we live like five year olds anymore? Just in the moment and just a hundred hundred miles an hour. I saw it in a comic. I'm pretty sure we can do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure I can make the jump down the flight of stairs. You know what I mean? That sort of shit. I did it. I think we still did that on my face. 17, oh, I, 18. <laughs> yeah, we probably did. <laughs> I think that's why we got along so damn well. But I think that's 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 part of it. You know, like uh, that, uh, just that self doubt, that fear, that uh, well, you know, we get stuck possibly in, uh, you know, um, thinking we know the outcome because of pasts. Uh, you yes. know, and that, yeah, absolutely, because that's the only reference point we actually have. Because the future's an hallucination. At the I've best been of there times. before. You know yeah, what I mean? You know, that didn't Ugh. work out. I've been there before, and no, it didn't. man, we tell shitty stories to ourselves. We really do. Super shitty stories. Got to change. Uh, Got to change. If you talk to someone else like that, someone would overhear you and be like, "Why are you? Why are you being so negative? Like that? Don't talk like that." <laughs> but that inner dialogue could be a bitch, man. I deal with that as well, and I think it's so easy to look at someone like you when I see you up on stage and like, dude, you, it looks fearless, because someone who has fear might not even go up there but there's a difference of having fear and acting and having fear of going home like you you have fear and you still act but it doesn't mean it's not fear it's still there there's still fear there's still fear it's so easy to look at that like you're a superhero when you're up on stage because most people be like oh my god I could I'm sure you get that I could never do what you do oh Oh, oh my god every show holy hell yeah how do you but you know what but hey I got a joke you want to hear it (laughs) you're one of uh, and for yourself I wouldn't believe that my buddy Tyler Chisholm who's when we grew up i mean you were the biggest alpha like sometimes your your alpha was intimidating man and you know like i've received this feedback before you're a lot of you're a lot of you're a lot of human being man and i can't believe that you yourself and as as successful as you are i'm you don't you don't have any idea how proud i am of you oh dude you well dude, i didn't think this is where this podcast dude, was going to go you you are probably I mean, we have a few successful friends, uh, but you are by far the most successful of my friends. And I'm not just talking, you know, financially, you're doing great. Uh, in your relationship, you have a very solid wife. I love her to death. She's, she's a wonderful human being. You guys are kind and, and loving to each other. You, you are successful on so many levels that I, 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 I find it interesting for you yourself to mention fear. And live with that's, that's a fair fear. perspective. I appreciate. You know? I appreciate. It. Thank, thank you for that. That means a lot. But I think we both have that. Like you said, totally. you see me on stage, and I and I'll look at a dude with a, a neck tattoo and rip him a new ass. You know what I mean? Like it's. <laughs> I've it, seen you do it. There is there. I am fearless with a microphone. It's not yeah. probably the smartest thing all the time, but but I am fearless uh, and. Um, and and I love to be in that state, but but the, the self doubt is always there. You yeah. know, there's always that. Oof, uh, why bother trying? I probably won't. I probably won't get accepted to that festival anyway. So, uh, the deadline came and went. I guess I'll, oh, maybe I mean, I'll, I'll yeah. do it. Maybe I'll do it next year. Oh, that so sort of bullshit. Yeah, yeah you know? no, man, it's, it's super real. I, I hear you. Where in reality, I should I should be throwing all the shit at all the fans all the time. And some for something for some reason I just you know just don't man. But I I also spend <clears throat> a hell of a lot of my time uh, managing my own career. 
You know, I'm not okay. at the, yeah. I'm not at a zone where I have a manager and they're constantly calling me to tell me where I'm going. I'm calling booking agents, yeah. and and I, it's a constant hustle in that direction. Which that takes a lot of time just to survive it, just to Dude, keep the wheel yeah. moving and forward. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm my I'm my own secretary. You know what I mean? It's constant. It's con- It's it's a constant. Do you ha- so? I hear the fear and I hear the reality of it, but you've lasted 22 years. You've thrived in this business. You've done well. You must have some strategies though that kind of keep it moving forward. Like, do you have, do you read, do you have inspirations? Do you have people that kick you in the ass or do you just have those little tricks that you're like, okay, there's the thing, but I'm going to, I'm going to like, I catching myself stopping doing the thing, but I'm going to do it anyways. Okay. Cause I think we all deal with it, whether it's comedy or being a business owner or whatever, what are your tricks? Like, how do you keep it moving forward? I, Tricks, strategies, tactics, yeah. I don't. Hacks, I, I, I don't think it's so much tricks. I think it's just, just grinding it out. You I, know? I, sorry, I think tricks minimizes it. Actually, oh, what's your trick? It's not a trick. No, what's your yeah. strategies? Mm. Strategy is just. Uh, I I just um, have my administration days. It's just about. It's just about making sure that you do those emails, that you do those weekly. You know, like you got to stay up on top of that stuff. But at the same, in the same breath, man, like I said, how I'm failing on, uh, let's say, um, social media or, or little things like that. Like right. I, I probably could use some help and 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 uh, bring people to me. Right. And and that would probably alleviate some things, but it's also it's your own business. So if I if I'm paying five hundred bucks a month for somebody to update my stuff, it's like woof. I could of course, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a fine line because it, it is. A, and I think it's good to look at it that way. You're running your own business, yeah, and your business is you, Absolutely. and it's and it is a full time job. Mm-hmm. And it's goddamn hard work. Yeah, it is. It's and your and social media is so powerful, but it like people, uh, people. I don't these, the, you know the people. <laughs> um, it's so easy to minimize like how much work and time and effort it takes to do and that I'll, well. You know, and oh, I'll, just do your social media. Like that's a big deal. It is. It's a full time job, it man. Is, it is because it's because it's always on twenty four seven. Yeah, and and you know what I'm getting tired of. I'm getting tired of social media. <laughs> you know, and I, you're not I, the only one. Bro. Part of me doesn't want to involve myself. So where I where I'm putting myself is, hey, I'm in Calgary. I'll be at this show. I'll be at this show. I'll post those things. Those yeah. are the things that I'm going to be posting. And Facebook is is kind of your go to, is it not? Facebook has been my my yeah. go to, and it's. I mean, I I make so many contacts through there. I have most of my most of everything goes through goes through Facebook um, because it's, it's just to repost the shows and also my contact list of, you know, friends and people that I know that when I'm coming to town, I post it and then, and then I can draw, I draw, I draw people out of that, but that's, you know, that's kind of, I guess that's where it stops is pretty much the Facebook where I know there's so much more, you know, with Instagram and Twitter and I should be doing so much more, but I'm, so tired of getting stuck myself on Facebook where you go to you go to post something or you go to check a message and then you find yourself like a zombie scrolling through this mindless bullshit <laughs> and if i see any more updated pictures of you know a jackass that i know that lost weight and now he's you know he's lost 60 pounds and he he puts a new picture of himself every damn day it's like hey dude yeah we get it good job man good job good job uh yep. do i have to see another ugly uh, shirtless fi- picture of you like i mean are you kidding me you know and i'm just i'm just so tired of of social media yep. that I I don't want to be part of what just turns everybody off. You know what I mean? So I no, there is an art form to it because it is a very powerful medium. But it, it is I think it's a love hate for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. 
That you know, it's almost like they made it addictive on purpose. Well, do you find do you find yourself getting sucked into? I the, can a little bit. I, I'm not a Facebook guy. Instagram is my uh, is is my drug of choice when it comes to social uh, social media. I'm on a bunch of different platforms and have some good following on LinkedIn and things like that. But I definitely catch myself the droned out moment of all of a right. sudden I'm like I'm just being a zombie because right I mean you yeah, I'm five minutes in and I'm like what am I doing stop yeah, and I and you, I always end up at this like ah oh, stop <laughs> and you seem uh, you've always to me seem very you're very driven. You're the guy that's up at 5 a.m., you know what I mean, doing, yeah. the, doing, doing a quick workout and having coffee and getting emails out. And, you know, you're, you're up uh, doing shit two hours before you go to work, you know. <laughs> and uh, I've always found that uh, extremely uh, impressive. But, I mean, I was just curious to find out if, if you yourself found yourself going down that rabbit hole. I do occasionally, like, 100%. I am not impervious to it. My brain works the same way. I get little my little serotonin dopamine hit by finding things. And, and it's even I find it even worse when you start to post stuff. Like when I put this content out there. And you're kind of putting yourself out there when you do content. And then all of a sudden I get some likes. And I get some comments. And I get addicted to it. And I want yep. more of that. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I catch it. And I, and I know enough about my own brain and how it works. It's I know so it's happening. But it still happens, man. So strange. It's, it's real. I, I, you, I get the drug. I get the hit. For and sure. and no for question. a comedian, it's uh, I, I get on stage, I get instant gratification. Yes. I get, I get it, it. It's there. It happens. Uh, it's, it's sink or swim. The laugh is there. And, and, and I know it went well. But with, like you said that, you put a post and it could be one of the, you know, some sort of line that I think, oh my God, that is the funniest thing I've ever written. And you put that out there and 12 people liked it. And you're like, what is wrong with you people? You know what I mean? And then another time you post a picture of your meal and 150 people like it. You're, you're like, like, what, what the, the F is going on here? What's wrong with the world? What's wrong with you people? Yeah. It is such an interesting, and then the algorithm and what's getting played and what's getting exposure. And it's, it's really interesting. I think it is a powerful median, but if, if, to treat it separate, like it, there is a different, like this is a business tool or this is my way of sucking up my time. You can be very careful. Did you happen to see, I, I, I put a post up yesterday. I never go on Facebook. (laughs) Okay. So check this out. I hate Facebook. I had the best and, and you and I, uh, we could throw good jabs, uh, (laughs) throw good jabs. I got somebody that gave me a jab yesterday, Tyler, that was so impressive Nice. It it actually washed over me when she said it, but then as I sat down, I, I I it resonated and I was like I digested it and I was thinking that is the funniest damn thing I've ever heard in my life, woman. She made my day. I was getting by on taking the, a shot by taking a oh, shot. Oh, she took she hit me right in the kidneys, man. <laughs> it was so funny. I was getting on an I was getting on a plane and uh, I had a quick. Um, uh, exchange in Vancouver and it was like plane lands at you know 820 and the boarding of the next plane was at 825 oh, you know it was like yeah, one yeah. of those were you know, they at least close were the gates close they were or did clo- you have to run through there no, like a crazy they were, person? Yeah. no they were close enough it was yeah. still in sea so it was fine but I knew I didn't have much time and as and then of course there's a lineup and I hadn't had breakfast yet because the first flight was at uh, six o'clock in the morning and then so I thought okay I gotta get a breakfast sandwich there was a breakfast sandwich in the car co- in the in the in the winter jacket there's the you know i got my my uh, large hot coffee um roll in my bag i got a backpack on as well uh and i'm of course i i get to the gate and and everybody's already loaded on the plane pretty much and uh i'm in a damn middle seat and i'm six four you know like yeah, I, the, i'm like ah, middle seats are not made for you i never make this mistake but on an hour flight i could easily make that mistake yeah. but when, when i'm coming across the country i'm, I'm always on very, that. you're very diligent I'm on your seat on selection that. 
I'm always selecting the right seat. So anyway, she, uh, this woman, uh, little stout woman, you could, I, I, I swear to God, I knew she was from some sort of hot country because she had that white lady, very damaged, sun damaged oh, skin. Ouch. You know, yeah. like the, the, the damaged nose and the red cheeks. Like she just had messed up. You the, could see the sun damage. The, the crypt keeper. Yeah. And uh, so she gets up, she crosses the aisle and stands in an empty seat area that was across the aisle. And I'm trying to figure my shit out. And it's like, oh, God. Okay. Uh, sandwich on the seat. Uh, and, the, and you're like kind of the last guy to get uh, on the plane. Right. right? But there's yeah, a yeah. couple people coming behind. Oh, okay, just still okay, a couple okay. people coming behind me. And uh, the coffee goes up uh, in the in the, in the the bin and the, just in, in it, you know, waiting uh, to have a better place to put it. And then the, the bag goes up. The the backpack comes off and the I'm putting my stuff in my jacket up in the <laughs> and, and the uh the guy getting on behind me says excuse me ma'am are you in that seat like the seat she was standing in front of and I know he was doing it because it was definitely his seat of course of course right He's but he was trying at, to be curious yeah but he was like uh, basically I, I know that's my seat and you're in my section but she said in the thickest Aussie accent. She goes, "No, not my seat. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for Tetris here to figure it all out. <laughs> I'm waiting for Tetris. Oh, buddy, that with the accent and the whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just waiting for Tetris here to figure it all out. <laughs> and I, Aussie chicks, man, they'll they're t- they're t- they'll take oh, the nuts right off and get yeah, the yeah, point, they bud. do not mess around, man. Yeah, yeah. I've <laughs> always heard the from some Aussie girls. I know they love Canadian guys because we're so nice. They can get away with being Aussie girls. <laughs> oh wow, she was. Yeah, I'm gonna she get was, some hate mail now for that statement. But she was on point. It was so funny, man. For te- oh, did you turn and be like? Nice, nice. No, at the end, solid. Uh, solid. it was funny. We sat there in silence for the longest time. That's that's a beauty. In the end, uh, yeah, I I I I thought about it, and I actually wrote it on my phone. I wrote it out because it was like sitting next to her, hadn't even spoke to her yet. I just thought that was the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. Dude, so much of what I've when I've seen your shows, or when you and I used to talk about it Sunday morning, sitting around the kitchen table when I lived down in Mackenzie you were with me. So much, like so much of what happens to you in your life is reality for you. Like I see it come up on stage. Like these are real things. Like. It, you must have endless sources of material well, <laughs> because le- the world is hilarious. Of the, the world shit that is, goes down, man. Yeah, and and sometimes sometimes people think that you would. I go out of my way to write something, but no, I'm busy living, and that's what's funny. You know uh, what I mean? And it's, that's oh, that's a really nice way to say it. I'm busy living, and that's what's funny. That's and it's it's because you know there's nothing worse than hearing t-shirt. It's <laughs> I need a t-shirt that's, that's, that's. Christmas gift for Andy da, 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 da. <laughs> I know some people I can make some things happen you're right. going to get a box of 100 t-shirts show up at your house no but there's nothing there's nothing worse than seeing somebody that you know it's in, it's insincere uh, and that's uh, that's because we want to connect back to the human connection like coming right back to connect. what we talked about at the beginning and you can't talk about something that's not real and and connect if you didn't live it how do you know you know what I mean? Yeah, Do you yeah, think yeah, a yeah. lot of these, uh, I mentioned blues artists, it'd be really weird if you sang the blues and you was from the Hamptons. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> totally. <laughs> no. Super privileged, doesn't have the same level of uh, street cred, if no. nothing else. But human, like, humans connect with real stories. Yeah. 
That's yeah. totally. Hey, what do you what, what do you got going on? Like, not to not to let anything because I want people to go to your shows and listen, buy your CDs. We're gonna talk about that after. What, what do you what what do you, what's your favorite bit right now? What do you what do you got going on? You want to maybe you want to share a little bit with us or uh, give the audience something? If they they've hung in here for sixty six minutes, we're gonna give them something a uh, little little taste of what it might encounter if they go see the Big Andy on stage. Yeah, well, right now I've been uh, I actually brought forward the. Uh, I've stopped just because I I stopped with the the rub and tug as the closer and I'm actually I've been closing on the uh, that night that I slept with a, a trans person. Uh, did you? Uh, I do remember the story, but you want to you want to walk me through it again? Well, it was a it was just one of those things because with this job sometimes I can drive twenty four hundred kilometers in a in a weekend. You know what I mean to make nine hundred bucks. And listen, the math doesn't always add up, but. I'm hustling You're working. and, and You're I'm working. working and I'm moving forward and I'll take the gig and, and next week will be better. No stress. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just take a little bit of a hit, but it's not, it's not the end of the world. And sometimes, I mean, back in my single days, um, cause this, I've, I've had my, my girlfriend for, you know, three years now. So this is a few, a few years back when, when this actually happened and, uh, you know, you meet a lovely lady in town, you meet the local girl and uh, you hook up and uh, you're gone. You know hey, what I mean? Do, like, do comedians, like, do you get, do you get some followers? Do you get some, uh, do you get some fans when you, I, you know, back in the day, of f- course. Funny is attractive. Funny's hot. Funny is, funny is attractive. And, and, I, and, and you're a good looking guy. I know this is voice for radio right now, but uh, <laughs> some realities right? here. You've had, you've never had problems meeting the ladies. No, I never have. And, and also, uh, doing shows has been a, as, as in the past when I was single, but I'm not a, I'm not that cheater guy, you know, and I, like I have a girlfriend and it, it's yeah, too 100%. much, it's too much weight to go home if I was playing that. A hundred percent. Well, you know, you know the, you know well, the course, feeling that you, 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 you wear that. It's that's, somebody that's, else. that's just not free. Mm-hmm. No, having sex randomly with people is not. No, that's no fun. No, you know no, what I mean? no, like, it's not. No, people you don't know that well. I mean, but back to the, back to this one time. <laughs> so this one time, I I did, and uh, and you know, met a lovely girl, and then six months later, I'm coming back through town. I give her a shout, but in the in that time is when I'd met my girlfriend that I still have today, and uh, she's never heard this joke, by the way. Okay. I know. Right. This okay. is someday she's I I can tell that uh she's not that interested because that al- the album has been out for about uh 4 months and she still hasn't heard it. It's on the album. Sometimes so it's, it's better to leave a sense of mystery, don't no, you think? A little bit I think maybe? so. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, it's working know. for you guys for 3 years it's working. Yep. So she's, it's better she just doesn't know. <laughs> no, she doesn't need to know, I guess. It's I mean, it's in the past. Of course, of course. But I I um I told her that I have a girlfriend now, and it, we're we're monogamous. So you called. So you called this girl before you got to town again. Yes, I did, and it wasn't a setup. It was actually because it sounds like that's where I was. I mean, why why else would you call anybody? Right. Uh, one, we had an amazing time. Oh, yeah, uh, she, you spoke. She, she, I remember the story. I remember she when this was whole a great thing happened. Chick. We had a good time. Had a lot of fun. Uh, but she's also a comedian, so I was going to see oh, her. Oh, I didn't that, know she was a comedian. Yeah, I, yep, know that. I, I know was going to see her that night anyway, and that's one thing I never. I mean, in twenty two years, I've slept with three comedians. It's I just try to stay out of you know just don't shit where you surf as they yeah, yeah, as they say I right say, yeah. so I didn't uh, it's always best to stay out of that so I uh, see I see this girl I I give her a call and I let her know that I was I was coming through town and she was like well you have a girlfriend now let's let's do something platonic in the day I was there for the the, the daytime and uh, she said let's go golfing and and she absolutely destroyed me I know you're not a golfer I'm uh, not. your wife is my wife I've, is I've, a good I've, golfer I've, I've golfed with uh, with Fiona. And, uh, I think we're, you know, Fiona is probably a little bit better than me. Uh, but this girl beat me 
by 15 strokes, Ooh, which that's a, is that's a real number. Impressive, like that is she like, destroyed. She destroyed you. She destroyed me, it, it, like almost to the point of embarrassment. Like it was, it was a big one. And uh, a couple months later, I was coming back through Kelowna again, and I was on that 2,400 kilometer voyage. I remember it well. I went up to Prince George, Cam Loops, coming back through Kelowna, and I was gonna, you know, come. It was a big loop and come out through, Cal- come out back to Calgary. And on the Sunday night, showing in Kelowna. And I gave her a call and I was coming to town and I said, well, I'm, I'm going to hit the Olympic pool that you guys have. And there's a hot tub and a steam bath and all that stuff. And she was, I told her my back is broken. And I, once again, I was going to see her that night and on the, on the, cause it's a small, it's a small community. I'm sure it is. So, yeah, I'm sure it is. Right. Canada is a small, is a small country people wise, big geographically, but every community has its little. And they're tight. little niches. They're little, uh-huh. all the comedians and you know, there's probably only, you know, 10 comedians in, in, in Kelowna. So, I'm coming through town, and uh, she shows up. Uh, I told her that I was going to be in the. Uh, I'm an hour away, and she said I'll meet you in the hot tub in an hour. And she showed up with a with a one piece bathing suit, but the sides were cut out. Like she so had, the audience might think this is going somewhere because your voice is getting pretty sexy right, right? now. Right? I can hear it. I can hear <laughs> right? it. You got, Every time. You just got the sexy tone. It came in nice and deep. Yeah, well, it's a thing so with yeah, the no. side. It's like it's you side, can't it's talk the, about the side boobs. Bare, right? Bare side. You can't side talk boobs. about bare side breasts. Oh, you have to talk about it getting a little delicious, right? <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot, a lot of conversation going in our man brains when the side boobies coming out and she gets in the hot tub and I swear to God, I, I, she was like... Uh, How's the Montreal girl? And I was like, I don't know who the hell you're talking about. <laughs> joking. I was like, she's he's, good, he's, a, he's an oak until the side boob comes out, and then yeah, just, and then I just yeah, lost just, a, yeah. I don't know who. Um, and she said, uh, I, well, I just told her that everything was fine, and it was great with uh, with my girl. And uh, she said uh, that the last time I was through town. She, she told me I was a gentleman. She appreciated it that I that I told her about the girlfriend, and she just thought that was honest and a very cool approach. Because she even said, like, if you wanted it, you could have easily, regardless, tore off a side piece if you yeah. wanted. I don't. I, I yeah, I but that's yeah, that wasn't your thing, and it wasn't my thing. And I said no, but uh, I, you know, thanks. And and she says I and I want to be equally honest with you. And I was like, yeah anything and she said i wasn't born a woman and i was like what (laughs) like i was very Uh, come again (laughs) i was very confused uh because of the sex that we had had yeah, not even uh, to mention the side boob. yeah and the side titty too uh it was all very confusing for me and uh and no joke she was like um i said uh, do you mean that? And she like cut me off and she just nodded like, yes. And I was like, you, so for real, you're, and she's like, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay. So like, and I'm trying to piece it together in my head. And I was like, so like when you were, a, like when you were a baby, did you, I thought maybe she was a hermaphrodite and she had both sexes yeah. or what happened. Okay. I'm like, so did, when you were a baby, did you have like a little po- little column a little column b and you were assigned and she's like oh god no i transitioned 12 years ago and i was like it transition sounds like you went from accounting to sales (laughs) (laughs) i was at tyler i was having a hard time with the info on account of the vagina and uh and i'm sure my eyebrows were were touching at the time and she spoke very (laughs) slow and very calculated she said no 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 when i was born i was born with 
boy parts. And I was like, but when we were golfing, you were hitting from the goddamn ladies' tees. That is bullshit, woman. You cheating bitch. I was not impressed. So I, anyway, I, the rematch still has to happen. And she better, either either I'm coming up to the ladies' tees or she's going to the men's. Yeah, you got it. That's not, come it's not, on. It's, it's not right. No, that was the Bill, that was the tennis player. Who was that, Billy something? There was in the late oh, 70s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, there, yes, I think there was. I don't remember the details, but yes. Ah, there was a tennis player that had transitioned and then be like a. So you're left sitting in the hot tub. Just processing this information. Yeah. I, and you know what? I've had people, I've told people <laughs> that story. And I remember once I told a, a particularly burly guy who was a mechanic and he was, he, uh, he would, uh, I, I do ride shares from time to time. Oh. And, uh, it, oh, so you got some quality time with some random Canadians. Very random people. And uh, this guy, when I told him the story, it was right after it happened. And I was, we're kind of like Christians in a way where we witness <laughs> to everybody <laughs> when we have a good joke. We're like, I just got to tell. I've never heard it put that way. I, I got to tell everybody and then see, and then see how this joke lands and where I got to have the pops, where this got to, where this got to, how this comes together. And I swear to God, that man looked at me and he was like, did you punch him in the face? <laughs> and I was like, no. Oh, I, I slept with her once, but I didn't punch him in the face. Him, her. Are you still friends? Did you guys stay in touch after? Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, random. absolutely. Uh, to I a certain so. degree. I did a, I did a, a thing in BC. She wanted to do like a, funny enough, it was on the golf course. Uh, she wanted to do a golf and funny or something like that, where it was like uh, some comedians on the golf course and it would be like short segments of stuff and, and just little quips of shit that happen uh, in between shots and during shots and stuff like that. It was a little fun, uh, little fun idea she had. Uh, we did that. I haven't, uh, you know, it's not best friends or anything like that, yeah, yeah. but, uh, yeah, but I'm fun. not sore and she's a wonderful human being, but it was just, yeah, uh, yeah, that's, I think that, that, that could go a bunch of different directions. For oh, you're absolutely right. Oh, I yeah. think that's listen. A, a man that transitions into a woman—that's got to be the most dangerous position for any human being to put themselves in. As far as w- w- when you're coming into ridicule, when you're coming into uh, any sort of violence that could come your way, there's a lot of guys that take that real sideways, man. Oh, you know? yeah, that could, yeah, that story could end in a bunch of different ways. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And the uh, amount of courage that that takes to follow to who you truly are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, and I still, I still love that she had the, uh, the wherewithal to tell you because you were straight up. So she shot you. So I, I appreciate her ethics. Yeah, I was after, a little after, late. After, after, I was a little well, late. After, I'm trying to see the silver lining in this. I kind of, I kind of think she should probably <laughs> tell people on the way in. But I mean, I guess if you're trying, if you're not trying, if you're living your life as a female, you want the. I guess you're going for the full experience. So, hundred percent. But it was very, uh, yeah, it was very odd because even after she told me, she would have been a little dude. You know what I mean? Like she wasn't a big, she wouldn't have been a big guy. Right. Um, because, uh, you know, um, she was probably five, uh, maybe f- five, seven, eight, and, you know, uh, 130 pounds. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a, yeah, she was female. It was a female package and yes, she'd been on on drugs for long enough to like, even when we got out of the hot tub, I was like looking at her hands and her feet and it's still kind of matched up where she would have been a, not a very large fellow yeah. for me to, your brain is still trying to unpack this whole oh, thing. Oh man. I, for, I for was probably weeks and weeks after. Oh, I'm looking at her ass going, okay, well how did I, yeah, well she's got a butt. She's got a girl butt. Like there's none of this makes sense right now. It's just, 
but this is the reality of of your life. This is it, it happens, yeah. and you know the stuff that happens to all of us. But when you've got the next filter of like, okay, where can this turn into something that's share worthy? That's an interesting filter when you go through the experiences we all go through. But for you, it has a different outlet. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting too, and you I get to relive your life in so many times in so many ways with an audience. And I think I think audiences uh, certainly appreciate such honesty. Like that's some raw honesty, man. Well, talk about again back to fearless. Who's the guy that has fear that shares that story? Because some guys would be shame, feel shameful, right. all kinds of weird stuff. It's all human. There's no, no, no right or wrong to that. But to then get up there and share, is it a little bit therapeutic to share, share these stories? It might be. I don't you know. know. I'm, I mean, hey, I'm I, not an armchair psychologist here. It might be, but it's, uh, it, it takes up, uh, let's say, uh, six minutes or, you know what I mean? Five yeah, yeah, minutes of my hour and it's part of what it is, man. Is that what a headliner is? About an hour? You do an hour set? Usually, I, yeah. If it's in a club, it's uh, anywhere between 45 to a, usually an hour. And sometimes, uh, depending on the on the show and how it's going, sometimes it goes a little bit longer, but it really sh- probably shouldn't. That's a good period of time. It's a good chunk of time. but uh, To quote unquote, be funny. <laughs> well, sometimes... Be funny, funny man. <laughs> it's interesting because sometimes when it's going bad, those jokes get eaten up so fast, Tyler. It it's so strange. It's like you could do an hour set in thirty minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. Because no kidding. The extra tags aren't there. The laughter isn't there. The the playing with the the audience member halfway through didn't happen because you're just. Uh, it's that corporate where the guy, yeah, bringing it all back around. Oh, that guy. Only if you were funny. Oh, now you're mad. You know what I mean? It's hard to be funny when you're mad. I can still do it, but I'm not loving it. Yeah, uh, it takes the takes the joy right out of it. Takes it, eh? the fun right out of it. Do you ever get the light? Is that a thing? Do you get the like? Oh yeah, get off stage like it's yep. done. It's like okay, you've run its course. Yep. No, oh, no, and, but it's never. Uh, it's never. It's not like that. It's not a. It's they're not. I'm good enough that I'm not getting the coat hanger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the cane on the side of the cane on the side. We've all seen from Bugs Bunny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not getting the cane. I'm getting uh, the uh, we've done our time. And, oh, and, okay. and a lot okay, of times okay. it's that light in the back of the room is because there's a second show. Of course. So they've got to run the room and do their thing. It's a business. Yeah, 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 You're course. in a casino and they want Turn people, the tables, they want people yeah, out yeah. the room and they want people putting money in the, in the you slots. You typically do two shows a night? Is that a typical? Sometimes. That, I've been yep. to your late show and your early show. And yep. Do they change? Do you do the same shtick both times or does it, do you mix up the sets depending I on I usually how it mix it up just to make it interesting for myself. I was, <laughs> for your own self-sanity. For my right? own sanity. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. I absolutely, I love, I love throwing in different jokes. I, I'll have like a skeleton of what I'm doing, maybe where I start and where I finish yeah, and then yeah. some, and then I'll, and then I'll uh, mix it. Well, cause you got to ride the vibe of what's going on in the room and like, you really do. Even speaking when you're going you're doing a talk but how the room responds changes everything I, I, I can't relate to comedy but I've definitely done a lot of speaking and man it can be like the same talk can go way two different directions depending Absol- on who's in the room absolutely room. man and, and it's, like, it's a shared agreement like you're not up there doing your own thing you're doing it with the audience oh and, and last night I, I had moments where I, I embarked on one joke and Hard left, hard left, hard left, hard left. Yeah, and then next thing you know, I'm I'm in another joke, and then I, and then this morning I was thinking, hey, I started that. Uh, I didn't even do that joke. What the hell happened? Oh, then I talked to the kid and his girlfriend, and then we went sideways there, and then I got me on something completely different. I just. You know what I mean? Took the trajectory, well, the, the, hit a spring, and phew, off into the other direction. The mental agility that it takes to be like you said, like you're you're in the moment, but you're also three moves ahead. It's you're a fighter. You're 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 fighting. 
You know what I mean? You're yeah. you're fighting for your life, and and then if you see it, you see a moment, bang, you go in, go in, go in, go in, and then if you have <laughs> I've to never come, heard you explain it that way, I right? Love and it. then if you have to come back on the ropes a little bit, well, you you hang out on the ropes a little bit, catch your you, catch your breath, catch your breath, and then do a story that you know, and then and then something happens, and then bam, you hit it again, and then yeah, it's a it's it's like a fight, I guess. <laughs> I guess yeah. after after twenty two years, well, man, you're you're so good at it. I love seeing you on stage, and you know, again, you're one of my best friends, and we've been friends for a long time. I'm very honored to say that. And when you stand up on stage, like it's like that's my buddy. Andy. I love telling my buddy Andy in his shows, and like talk, and then I'll and I'll try to paraphrase some of your jokes. Like, oh man, I think you do a great uh, job, man. I'm I've, usually honored in what you do. It's I great. always have loved the support that you've given me, and I've always appreciated it, man. You're always you're always you're always going to be there when I'm headlining you're you have a you know a table and there's eight of you guys and you know the like the the usual suspects and your wife's there and danger and the gang that all the Rundle and those the, guys. The usual suspects. The usual absolutely. suspects. Who are know. all huge fans. And yeah. I know I know Danger's trying to rally up a group to see you tomorrow night, for sure. I, I heard that, yeah. too. Yeah, he told me. Uh, he told He's, me. He was pretty excited when he heard Jerry Rudd come to town. Yeah. If, there, if, there's, if there's a has... late night, uh, if there's a nightcap happening in later at our house, he's in, by the way. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. just call me. I'll, I'll be there in five minutes. I'm over. Yeah, definitely. Um, you've got two albums out. I do. The if, first. If I want to get my hands on these, where would I go? You could probably come uh, right to my website. It's uh, andrewalbert.info. Uh, okay. I, I can fire one off uh, into the mail. And, well, uh, for, for sure. Oh, that sounds awesome. So, so a, you'll, you'll drop ship them if people want want a copy? Yep. I will. You just... And uh, I physically get a CD? You you physically get a CD and you get a download card. Oh, so nice. you get okay. both. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Great. okay so I added the download card. I only the, assumed that was going to be in Yeah, there. because uh, it, it, it only makes sense these days. Because no joke, I don't understand it, Tyler, but still the CDs, people want something tangible. They want something you can sign. Um, and people you sell them after the show mainly, right? You have them for sale after yeah, the show. Yeah. And it's like the swag. It's like the t-shirt. It's like it I is. might never – the, the, the concert t-shirt that I might not wear, but I want a piece of that experience. Right. But the, t- the concert t-shirt I always wore. <laughs> I, I still, You're a concert guy. Yeah, are you still, de- are you still, de- are you still deadhead? I love the – I still love the Grateful Dead, yeah. I know. I know you do. I still yeah, love the totally. Grateful Dead. Since we're way but back yeah, the, 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 the albums, no joke, it's been a great little extra – sideline stream of income that's nice. cash in the pocket it's almost you remember the days bro you serve tables you I, bartended. Do, I do man it's I cash know. in the pocket i'm baby. jealous every time you say that because i don't have a cash ah. i don't have a cash gig right now trudeau don't know about that cash yeah, i know well fiona sells some maple syrup we, we actually bring in about 60 gallons of maple syrup from quebec and she sells it downtown in the oil patch for cash that's pretty so great. Fiona has a side gig. She cash. has her little side gig. And, and I'm always gig. told that like that's you know that's my side gig. I'm like, I know. That's why I love my wife. <laughs> She's been around me too much. <laughs> that's awesome. Andrew, it's been an absolute privilege and an honor to sit here and one, support you as a friend, but also to hear your story and so much of just some little nuances like things. I've known you for 20 years, but uh, even longer than that. Actually, what am I saying? 20 years, I've lived a little bit longer than 20 years. But to hear the story and some of the drivers behind it and even you know the realities of your dad and kind of how that's impacted you. I really thanks for your honesty today, man. I mean, a lot i appreciate it uh thanks for having me on this this is a great you've had a lot of great guests on this on this program i'm honored to be here man my pleasure all right my man time to go uh, go for a glass of wine yeah absolutely much respect thank you tyler thanks man hello and thank you for listening to today's episode i'm your host tyler chisholm i want to let you in on a little secret i absolutely love doing these podcasts the learning, the people, the curiosity, the insights, the, the wow factor of meeting people that I thought I knew and learning their deeper stories really proves the value of what happens when you take the time to be curious and actually care enough to ask. With that, 
I'm looking for your feedback. I'm looking for your input. I'm looking for what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, where you'd like to see it headed in terms of guests, in terms of questions, a little bit deeper. Please feel free to share. We'd love to get your feedback. Visit us on iTunes, on Spotify. Give us your review. Give us your five stars if you feel so inclined. But more importantly, give us your feedback. Give us your input on what you want to hear on future shows, and we will absolutely incorporate it. Thank you again for listening, and have an awesome day. 